What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another installment of the Guys Who Cry podcast. Adam. What, what? This is episode number 10. Oh, 10, dude. The big one zero, bro. Guys, we're 10 years. We're 10 episodes deep. Yeah, 10 years deep, man. We ten, we were professionals, man. Not amateurs any longer. <laughs> Just wait. Just nah, wait, I guys. I don't know what I'm talking about. Honestly, Adam, uh, I don't know if either of us expected to be still going... <sighs> strong after 10 episodes i kind of thought it was going to peter out after four yeah i think i'm ready to be done man i almost didn't want to come out tonight i was tired <laughs> i'm just kidding oh man yeah uh it's, it's it's been good though we're having a lot of fun obviously uh obviously we've had honestly more listeners than i expected uh we obviously had the newspaper article so for only being 10 episodes old i mean not too bad of a start for a podcast no not at all man I, I i'm i'm so excited just uh everyone who's talked about it and given us feedback and who's reached out to us about it it's been really it's been really exciting i know everyone can have a podcast and anyone can have a podcast um but it's still satisfying it's still you know creative content we get to put out and uh makes us feel good so yeah man and we get to talk about crazy things talk about emotions like I personally thought that last week's episode was one of my favorites. Uh, having Sarah on and talking about single life, I thought it was really, really great. And after listening to it again, uh, it was awesome. I mean, I really loved it. I honestly hit up Sarah afterwards and I was like, hey, like, thank you so much. I actually really enjoyed listening to that episode myself. So I hope you guys felt the same way when you guys listened. Um, Adam. This week, though, we're gonna get a little serious, a little uh, get a get a little bit outside of my comfort zone because we're gonna talk about some, you know, um, a, a, a current topic, a current issue um, that's you know racially charged. And as a white cis gender male, it's always a little uncomfortable talking about because <laughs> I don't have uh, the experience that I should. And uh, Ruben, it's 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 great to have your feedback on some of this stuff. If you want to talk about the story right. that happened in the news this week and and hear your perspective. So just a precursor, guys, if you guys don't know or don't follow us on Instagram, uh, Adam is a white cis male. I am an Indian cis male. So I am actually I was actually born in India, moved here in 1996. We'll get to that more later. But yeah, guys, so if you guys aren't aware, uh, last week there was an attack in Atlanta, Georgia at a massage parlor and we'll call it a massage parlor because there's obviously more than went on there uh and there was a shooting there and eight people died and six out of the eight people were asian women um and it sparked this whole hashtag on instagram so obviously if you guys are on instagram it was the it was the hashtag stop asian hate um, and it really sparked this whole thing, kind of brought a lot of things to light, stuff that I didn't even know about, um, just some statistics that I was kind of shocked when I actually read. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, Adam, do you want to kind of... Well, yeah, I wanted to share. He was, they, were, they were murdered by Robert Aaron Long, who was 21 years old, who was a white male. Um, he did confess to the shootings. Um, but, you know, whether or not they were, you know, specifically racially charged is, is you know, not 100% confirmed, but it does appear that way. And I think any time that this happens where you have, you know, sort of person from one race committing a very violent crime against people of another, you know, race or ethnicity that, you know, it, it, it can at least appear that there might be that it could be a hate crime. And I think it's good to bring those topics to light when this happens. 
Right. And I think uh, when Adam and I were kind of discussing what we should do the episode about, this was the first thing that came to my mind because being an Indian male, uh, just an Indian in general, I dealt with a lot of things, especially in the early 2000s when I was in middle school and high school uh, with everything that was going on. Um, you know, obviously 9-11 had just happened and then there's the war in Afghanistan, Iraq. There's so many things happening. And anyone that looked like me dealt with things that I never thought I would deal with. Uh, and we thought it was a good time to kind of just talk about, you know, racism and how it's affected our lives and, you know, try to just inform people about, you know, what people who deal, people who experience this deal with, you know? Yeah. And I think if you're for people who haven't deal dealt with specific, um, you know, racism um, or b bigotry, you know, related to ethnicity or what country you're from or what your skin color is, um, it's good for, you know, people like myself to be a little bit more open minded to sit and listen and to, to learn from people who have been through those experiences. And Ruben, you were sharing one story with me before the podcast about, I guess, something that had happened. Was it in high school or middle school? When it, was it as a child? Yeah, it was middle school. It was 2000 three or four three it's probably like 2003 because i was still in middle school and even now it's like shocking to hear i shouldn't be surprised hearing that it happened in middle school but um about the the caves yeah so if you guys aren't aware if you're too young or you don't remember um back in 2011 there was obviously a terror attack in new york city at the twin towers uh a lot of things happened um and because of that, we launched a war in the Middle East. And 2001, our, uh, 2001, not 2011. But uh, yeah, that's what I mean. you, yeah sorry. you know. Yes, you got it. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, so pretty much what happened, um, we sent people to find Osama bin Laden. And Osama bin Laden was hiding in caves, and all of his generals and all of these people that were close to him were hiding in caves. So I was in computer class, and I'll never forget it. Uh, and one kid, I, I could tell, I could see him like, I'm like, it was a kid who had always picked on me in middle school. And I remember like, he was looking at me and then he like turned back to his friends. and was like laughing and then was like, Hey Rube. And I looked up and he was like, what cave is your dad hiding in? Dang man. And Ugh. it was probably the first time I can remember. It was, it's the earliest I can remember something racially charged happening to me. And I reacted in a not so great way. Um, you know, I, I ended up fighting the guy. <laughs> um, and it didn't become a big deal. Um, the teacher actually dismissed it because after I told her what had happened, she said, I didn't see what happened. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. At least she was on your side. <laughs> um, and it, it And it's been a few times in my life, you know, where... My skin color has been the issue of some things. And I've been blessed that it hasn't been more than six times in my life, which I think is really saying something. Um, because the majority of my experiences in life with people of opposite races have been mostly 99% positive. But, you know, there are certain times where I deal with something or when someone else when I'm when I hear something and someone else hears it that I'm hanging out with or that I'm close with, 
that person is so shocked because they've never really experienced that. Um, I can tell you a story about a time I was dating this girl and we went to a place in Northeast Maryland. And, you know, I was like, hey, like, I want to take you to this really cool place. We walked into this bar. And uh, as soon as I walked in with her, somebody at the bar said, oh, there's probably a car bomb outside. Oh, man. (laughs) And I had to ignore it. And I ignored it. And the girl was like, what did he just say? And I was like, oh, he just said something stupid about a car bomb, you know, obviously. (laughs) And, just brushing uh, it off. You have nothing. to brush. Yeah, yeah, I mean, at that point in my life, I was at the point in my life where I wanted to brush it off, uh, because I didn't feel like it was worth it. It wasn't worth getting into a fight with a group of people over something like that, because again, that person is just ignorant. <laughs> that person doesn't know any better. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um. And yeah, I mean, it's just. There are these experiences that happen to me and like I don't and when they happen in the moment, I usually I'm other than that first time about the caves, I don't think I've ever had a moment where I didn't use it as a teaching tool to the people that I was with. Um, one story that comes into mind particularly, and I've said this story a million times before. So if you guys are listening, uh and you guys are good friends of mine. There's a good chance you've heard this story before. Um, it's a story, and I pretty much it ends with me being invited to join the Aryan Nation. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Uh, and Adam, I've told you this story before. Yeah. And it's a funny story because I, my buddy and I went to this bar. Uh, it was We went up to upstate New York, East Fishkill, New York. And we were going up there because our buddy just got engaged and he had an engagement party. So we pull up. So I pick my buddy up from Boston. Well, from a, from a train station, he had just come in from Boston and we go and I drop him off at, and we go to the hotel, drop off our stuff. And we're like, let's find a bar. We find this place that's open till four in the morning. We're like, let's go. So we went, as soon as we pulled up, I looked to my buddy and I was like, Hey man, just so you know, just from the looks of this, this might not go that great. He's like, he looked over and he knew exactly what I meant because it was very um, redneck, let's just say. And we walk in and we sit down, we get our drinks. It's great. And then these two guys approach us and they hit us with the classic, classic, like movie racist, like quote, y'all don't look like you're from around here oh and i looked at alex and i said uh actually we're not uh alex is from boston and i'm from delaware we're here for our buddies you know we're here for our buddies engagement party blah 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 and this guy looked at us and he said you know i gotta be honest with you guys there's two types of people i don't like and the first one he said was the n-word hard r and everything Jeez. And uh you know, we we're like, oh boy. And then he said he said the second one, and then he looked at me and he said, No offense, man, but clearly there was offense intended. He said, uh, and the other one is Muslims, man. And I said, Oh, well, I'm actually Christian. And he's like, Oh, oh, okay. So just to shorten up the story just a little bit. Um, we end up playing pool with this guy, 
and we played Led Zeppelin, and I'm singing Led Zeppelin. He sees me singing Led Zeppelin. He's like, oh, wow, you know this song? And I'm like, yeah, man, it's Zeppelin. Who doesn't know Zeppelin? He says, oh, so you're like whiter than me, huh? Wow. And I laugh, and I said, yeah, I guess. And then he comes over to me real slow. He pulls down his shirt, shows me his swastika tattoo, and says, have you ever thought about joining the Aryan Nation? Wow, they're really trying to branch out, branch I out. Know, and like I know, they're trying diversity. to diversify. Yeah, Jeez, diver- diversify their group. Yeah, I guess and so. Al- and Alex is mortified at this point. At this point, Alex feels so bad, so guilty that I am dealing with this right now. And I said, uh, uh, and he's waiting for my answer. This guy is waiting for my answer. And I thought it was joking at first, but then I saw the swastika tattoo and it's like, oh, this guy's not joking. And uh, I said, oh, man, like, I'm flattered, but I but I have to de- decline your invitation. Uh, when Alex and I sat down, we were talking about it. And I was like, dude, I don't think that guy has ever met someone that looked like me before. That's And that's what brought to mind the story of Daryl Davis, the uh, black musician who ended up playing in bars in the South and ran across a group of a bar that pre- predominantly hosted, you know, uh, members of the KKK and he ended up befriending befriending these guys and they were like hey this is like the first time we actually you know made friends with a black man and we realized hey you're just like us like yeah no no crap and uh was able to convert a lot of these guys and get them out of the KKK and it reminded me of that of your story Ruben where it's just like it's just exposure you know some of these people just they just need to meet people who are different than them and realize hey we're really not that different you know yeah I mean shame it's, it's honestly like I take it upon myself to show people the kind of person I am because I am not a caricature. You are not a caricature. Neither like we shouldn't have to conform to these images that people have of us just from seeing us, right? Like I shouldn't have to conform to this image that someone may have of me in their head where I'm riding a magic carpet and playing a flute and a snake's coming out of a basket, right? Yeah. It's like it's like, and it's the same thing for like anybody else. Like you shouldn't, I mean, obviously there are stereotypes for a reason, but that shouldn't be the immediate thing to come in your head. You should actually get to know the person and find out about them and learn from them and like befriend them and see what they like, see what they don't like, because you would be so shocked to find out the people that you may not think you are not going to get along with just based on the way they look. And you end up finding out, oh my gosh, I actually really get along with this and we have a lot more in common than I than I thought right and, and and the onus is not on minority groups I think to bridge that divide between you know themselves and people who don't accept them you know you know white people in the majority you know I, I I really do agree with um some different black activists that I've listened to that have talked about you know trying to not necessarily guilt white people but but put the responsibility on you know conscious and open-minded white people to hold their you know, brothers and sisters who are might be racist accountable, you know, so it might be more up to me to hold, you know, other white people that it, maybe I'd be friends with to hold them accountable and say, hey, look, like it's not it's not a black guy's job to reach out to you or reach across the aisle and try to, you know, make peace. It's, you know, my job to hold my brother accountable and say, hey, you need to make sure you're not being racist and stop being a jerk, you know. And so I, I listened to a bunch of black activists that were speaking at Oxford 
Um, and they were talking about what can white people do to sort of help, especially in Western society or where there's, there's more problems between white and black people. And, um, you know, he was saying, he's like, Hey, use, use your gifts and your talents to take up the causes. He's like, if you want to, if you can be a good lawyer, be a successful lawyer and represent, you know, minorities from the inner city who don't have a lot of money to represent themselves. And, um, you know, just very specific things that you could do to, to help people. Like, I'm not a very good lawyer, but you know, maybe, maybe I can, um, again, hold some of my, my, I have some very, um, conservative Southern relatives. Maybe I can help open their minds about maybe some, uh, uh, prejudices that they have and, hold them accountable or maybe there are other things that I can do. Um, and so I think it's good for us to always be sensitive about that. Like, you know, what, what can we do to make a difference? Right. And, and like from the flip side of that too, Adam, it's like for some of us, some, some people of color, like it's also, you, you may find out that you have more in common with that person that you think has been privileged their whole life. Like I have a friend who grew up in Western New York and, his dad, his dad and mom literally grew up on Indian reservations. Like they grew up in Indian reservations. They were dirt poor. Mm. And he has these conversations with people because he's a, because he's a very successful man now and he's white. And he has these conversations with people who automatically assume that he doesn't know what it's like to struggle. Right. Yeah. And I think that's also part of the issue, right? Like I think like for me as, as an Indian man, I think it's, it's also on me to realize Hey, just because that person may seem like they have it all together, right? This kind of goes to like the kind of the 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 point of this this whole podcast as a whole. It's like that just because that person seems like they have it together and everything, there's probably more to that person than you expect, right? Like, and when you start to realize that, you guys have more in common than you realize, and that's for both sides, right? Like, we need to realize that from both sides. Like, hey the more we get together the more we start to learn about each other oh my gosh like you'll find out that we have so much in common that we can learn from each other and grow yeah absolutely it, it definitely takes two people i think to be open to understanding their differences and getting to know each other you know and i i could really understand if you have um maybe you have um asian americans or african americans who have grown up with a history of of bigotry and hatred toward them i i mean I could see that they they might not trust white people. They might not like white people. Like, I I think if I could just imagine being in their shoes, I'd be like, yeah, I, I get it. Like, white people throughout history have typically oppressed the rest of the world, you know, and conquered much of it. So there's been that history of whites being in power and subjecting everyone else to their will, you know, and being in those positions of, you know, minorities, especially in, in the United States, like, that's just the perspective you grew up with. It was whites are always in power. Whites are always dictating what happens, you know? So um, I'm trying to be more understanding of that and just automatically assume that I don't understand how the, how another uh, perspective feels. So just trying to like, you know, be more quiet and listen and be more open-minded to learn as much as I can. Um, but it's, you know, it's hard sometimes because we only know the experiences that we, you know, grew up with. And thankfully, like I grew up with parents that were both public school educators and, you know, often exposed me to people from the inner city. And I, I, I don't know if that sounds right. I just meant I, I got to know people who were from a different, you know, socioeconomic status and just, you know, got more sensitive to the issues that they experience and trying to open my mind up to how we can help people who are less fortunate or, or people who just have a different experience and less privileged than I do. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like this past year was was kind of like a, 
an emotional year for more than one reason, obviously. But like, you know, we saw a lot of, uh, you know, BLM stuff happen. We saw a lot of stuff on that front. And like, this is just another cap. This is just another addition to everything that happened. And I think like, for me, it's more of, I, I think what I get kind of upset about Adam is uh, this notion of uh, white guilt. And I know it's something that a lot of my friends deal with and like we've talked about it. And he's like, you know, whether you want to dismiss that or not, like it's an actual thing. Uh, Adam, do you kind of feel any any sort of like white guilt or like any guilt or anything like that? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, again, from that perspective of, look, I, I'm not going to try and gain any sympathy because people, you know, white people throughout history have been the people in power. So, you know, for us to whine and cry about feeling guilty, oh, you guys are making us feel guilty. Yeah, we probably should feel a little bit guilty. You know what I mean? So I, it, it doesn't affect me that much in my day, my day to day life or, you know, affect my, my mental health or anything like that. Um, so I just I think that the guilt is kind of good to make white people more sensitive to the issues and suffering of others. So um, but sure, it could go too far. I mean, yeah, I think we want to bridge the gaps between people. And I would think even maybe if I were a minority, I would want to um, I would want to try and bridge the gaps between people um, instead of trying to make someone else feel guilty. But, you know, I don't know. Just so to give you guys a little background on my family, uh, my parents were uh religiously prosecuted so what i mean by that is like my parents ran underground churches when we were in qatar and uh you know if they were caught they could have been subjected to death you know um so when we came over here my dad came over here in 1995 and lived here for six months and then my then my mom and my brother and i came over here in 1996 and it has always been my dad and my mom have always done the best job because they always said they always kind of made it clear by not really saying these exact words, but almost made it clear that saying like, you have to work for what you want in life. Right. So like I've been blessed with that. And like, I have lived a very privileged lifestyle too. You know, I've lived a very privileged upbringing. I grew up with my, both of my parents who loving parents, I grew up with my brother who was my best friend for two thirds of my life. And like, it's crazy, you know, like, and so I take these things too with a grain of salt because I have also lived a very privileged life. I was able to grow up with my three best friends being white, Indian and Puerto Rican and give me this perspective on all different walks of life. Right. Uh, I grew up in a church and I grew up all these things, which I feel very blessed to have grown up with. And, you know, that definitely affects the way I also think about these these situations and, you know, racism as a whole, because I have been very blessed that I haven't dealt with too much stuff in my life based on my race. I mean, it's probably one percent of my life that I've actually had something happen. And I'm blessed. I know that's not the case for a lot of other people, for a lot of other races. It's not the case. And it's another thing, you know, I mean, maybe. You know, I'm 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 lucky. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that, that brings up the importance of other issues. Like if you talk about you know inner city public school busing, um, where I you know I grew up growing up in a 
predominantly like a white middle-class neighborhood, but being bused into the city to go to public schools. And like, I learned a lot from that experience, you know, befriending, you know, other African-American children or um, Asians or, or, or anyone. And, you know, just growing up with that sort of multicultural experience, just realizing, Hey, like we're all the same. We're all trying to get through. Yeah. Maybe you listen to different music than I do, but who cares? We all want girls and we all want to, you know, make money, you know? So it's, everyone's kind of got the same experience and I'm, I'm grateful that I had that. And, and then you realize some people just don't grow up with that. You have white people who grow up in, I don't know, I'm just making up something, you know, um, a small town in Mississippi. They grow up mostly around white people or, um, and then they just, they don't have a lot of exposure to people who are different than them. You could also have, you know, African-American children in inner cities who don't have a lot of experience, uh, you know, interacting with other white people. And so you, you, you just have people kind of in their own tribes, so to speak. And I just mean they're um, people that they're familiar with or they're similar to without a lot of exposure to people who are different. That's the that's the real importance of of, you know, having all of us throughout the world mixing and mingling and, you know, traveling and trying to understand different cultures and people who are different from us. Because you know, just knowing people who are different from you and befriending them will help you to, you right. know, I think mitigate a lot of the problems that come with along with racism and racial diversity yeah and i think uh from the millennial generation on i think the majority of us are doing a good job at that i think we're doing a good job of learning and listening from each other and and you know making it a point to say hey we're not so different (laughs) just because we may look different we're not so different you and i yeah, and even though there's that hypersensitive, you know, sort of uh, cancel culture that we talk about, where you know one person says the thing that's something that's just slightly racist, that's like, oh, we got to get rid of them. Again, I always think that at least we're talking about stuff a lot more. At least we're maybe even more sensitive than we should be about some of these things, so that we can bring some of these issues and these topics and these discussions to light. So um, I'm happy that we we sort of live in a world like that, but we have a long way to go. We have a long way to go, certainly. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, I think when we talked about doing this podcast and this this episode, um, I was very excited because I have I haven't really had a chance to like talk about this in depth, really mm-hmm. ever. You yeah, know, I haven't really had a chance to have a platform where I could where I can talk about my experiences and how I've learned from them and how other people can learn from them. Um, and I think that's also something that's very important. You know, I think I have learned a lot from you, Adam, you know, over this last year, especially since we've really gotten close. Yeah, um, sure. I've learned a lot from you too, man. Which I know that probably shocks a lot of people that Adam and I have really only known each other like for a year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where we really got close. We were, we were acquaintances before and became, you know, like kind of best friends, um, I guess, you know. And um, yeah, it's weird. Like I probably talked to Adam probably more than any of my other friends to be yeah. honest with mostly you mostly about girls yeah. mostly about girl stuff <laughs> um, just kidding. no we and, talk about everything and uh cry you know yeah cry right um but uh yeah no, I'm, I'm really glad cool. we had this 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 podcast to really talk about this you know i mean this is this is a weird time in 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 american history uh in in, in particular um obviously like another thing that i grew up with i mean i come from a country that still has the caste system and if you guys aren't familiar with the caste system, the caste system is a system, is a political class system in India where um, you, are, you are judged by what class you're in. So there's literally a class called the untouchables. <laughs> and right. it's crazy. Like if you guys ever go over to India, and I think 
I have a lot of that perspective here in America where I'm like, yeah, you know, like obviously we can always do better, but at the end of the day, it's still pretty darn amazing to be an American. It's all relative, right? I mean, you can compare it to, you know, any other, you know, terrible time in history or another country or something. And I, I think you just, it's all, you just have to look at what you have now and how you can make it better. So I'm always coming at it from the perspective of what do I have now and how can I make it better? So if I'm in the United States now, I'm not going to compare it to the way India is. I'm going to compare it to like, Hey, well, maybe we think we're great, but like, how could we be better, you know, um, right. than what we are now. And sort great of like point. you're competing with yourself as opposed to like competing with, with others. I was going to read the, um, just to bring it back to the Asian uh, American struggle that uh, this comes from the cut.com, but the incident that happened at the um, salons is a, it comes amid a, a surge in violence and hate against Asian Americans um, that they said, you know, predominantly came as a result of, you know, or some of the, 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 the recent politics and political climate that has maybe fostered some of that hatred. You know, but apparently there were 3,800 reports of hate incidents between March of last year and this past February. And of those reported incidents, incidents, 68% involved Asian American women in spe uh, specifically. Um, and it brought to light this issue that I never really thought about of Asian women can often be fetishized and hypersexualized, which is dangerous and reinforces harmful stereotypes, which is a quote from this article um, from a New York State Assembly member. And that was really something that I never really thought about before. Where yeah, I could look at this incident and be like, oh, well, you know, how do we know that this guy was really racist against Asians? You know, he killed two white people, too. Um, but it brings up this whole issue sort of underlying all of this, that that there is this, you know, over um, sexual sexualization, I guess, um, of, of Asian women. It's something I didn't really think about before. And I'm, I'm glad that now I'm aware of it. It's it, it is so interesting and, and, and so great that we get to kind of hear. The, I mean, maybe not great, but like it's good that we get to hear these things like and we get to have these perspectives. Absolutely. You're right. That's something I never really thought about. I mean. I, I, and, you know, and it's, it's true. I mean, Asian women, they, there is a, like a fetish for Asian women with a lot of people. And I never really thought about that being the cat. Let's all people see Asian women as, you know what I mean? And I never kind of thought about that from that well, point of view. Right. It's like, you know, just because you're attracted to somebody of a different, you know, ethnicity doesn't necessarily mean that you know you're not racist you know you might see that person as just a sexual object you know and i think men, men have to deal with that anyway with women in general you know like oh she's cool but like you're just seeing her as a sexual object not as a human being you know so i think we do have to be careful about that but um ruben in your experience like any of the bigotry that you've experienced like do you feel like it's obviously you still have memories of that today but do you think any of it's affected you from like a mental health issue or would you consider any of it like sort of like traumatizing or do you not think it was like to that level or severity? Um, I don't think it was to that level. Um, I, I think like the craziest things is when I started dating, I think is that oh. when I started dating and I have dated predominantly white women, um, I think that's when I started dealing with things that I never really thought I would have to deal with. Uh, what were some of the stories? I remember some of the things they said to you and I was just like, what? Yeah. Or like so, why they were attracted to you or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, I've had girls saying they were attracted to me because I resemble disease and sorry, which that isn't, that isn't, 
too bad. Like, like is I'm that not a compliment that. or That's not? A compliment, like, I, I guess so. Yeah. As far as like, I I mean, if I, there's really only like one real experience when I was dating somebody, and she was white, and she told her parents she was dating an Indian guy, <laughs> and immediately she said, "Ruben, like the comments that they were saying was." so weird and so terrible i was like well tell me like what were they saying she's like well they asked me how did your house smell did it smell like curry um, uh like how does he smell does he smell like and it was all like curry based jokes and like yeah and uh i even like i was like you know it'd be really funny if if i ever come and have dinner with you and your family if I brought my own little jar of curry powder. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, because like part of me wanted to just kind of make it a joke. I was like, all right, is this what you guys think? Then all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and show you how stupid you look. Yeah. Like how like how dumb it looks to say, oh, he smells like curry. It, he probably eats everything with curry. And it's like again, it's a it's such an isolated incident, Adam. I don't want people think to think that this happens all the time. Right. But it's enough that it that it sticks in my mind as a memory. Yeah, and it comes back to that lack of exposure. Like I'm sure if that family grew up with um, you know, Indian family that lived next door and they used to share dinners together, you know, they they wouldn't think that at all, you know, but because I'm assuming they were they didn't have a lot of interaction with, you know, people from India, then they're just not gonna know. All they know is what they see in movies and stuff, you know. So it doesn't excuse it at all. I'm not saying that, but it's just um, you know, it's like okay well why don't you get outside your comfort zone and meet some different people <laughs> it, it brought it just made me think of another thing how like how we gravitate toward people that we perceive as similar to ourselves right either from a class standpoint or an ethnicity or whatever like remember the thing that uh our friend i won't necessarily say his name i don't think it will matter but i remember when he said he was like, he's uh, African-American. He said, oh, man, I just, I'm really looking for like a black bar. Like, I really would like to go to a right. black bar or whatever, you know? And I was like, yeah, man, I get that. Like, if, if I don't, for whatever reason, there's just, you know, people that you feel like you bond with in a different way or have similar experiences. Like, yeah, I would, I would totally get that. Because we were talking about that one time that you and I went to the party that was predominantly African-American people. We, we felt, well, like, maybe we don't really belong, you know? Like, well, maybe, and that's fine. Right. Like, well, I, I felt like maybe I was making them uncomfortable or something because I'm like this bald, skinny white guy, you know? Um, <laughs> You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, yeah, like, I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. But we do. We, t we tend to get very tribal that we want to be around people that we perceive are similar to ourselves. But the problem is it's all based on just looks. It's like once you get to know people, you're like, oh, OK, well, we're really not that much different. You know, that's the problem. We don't have maybe there's not as many environments or places that we can go where people of different backgrounds and ethnicities can actually mix and mingle and get to know each other, you know, Um yeah, I, I remember. Know. I remember a few years ago. So in 2017, there was this uh, there was a documentary by comedian Hari Kondalabu. I think I said his name right. I hope I said his name. I'm right. not familiar with him. Okay, Kondalabu. Yeah, and uh, he he made this documentary called uh, "The Problem with Apu." <laughs> okay. And uh, if you guys don't know who Apu is, he is a very famous character on The Simpsons. And oh, he's an right. Indian character. Yes. 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 And uh, Apu is voiced by a white voice actor, Hank Azaria, who's incredibly talented and so funny. And it's funny, like I was talking about these things with my buddy Alex, because like not just Apu, but back in the 80s, there was a movie called Short Circuit. And <laughs> 
if you guys i i remember like i used to have longer hair and people used to tell me oh you look like the indian guy from short circuit right <laughs> uh fun fact uh short circuit the white guy in that movie plays an indian guy so he literally put on brown face to play this character um and it was so funny because like when i got called short circuit i didn't really think anything i was like i looked it up i'm like oh you know what it's funny i do kind of look like this guy but then i looked up the actor fisher stevens and fisher stevens is this bald like jewish white dude oh wow and um yeah it's you know it's these things that you see growing up that you don't really think about until you're older and you're like oh that's a little weird <laughs> right right and i yeah i mean and it's funny though too because yeah, sometimes we misjudge people's intentions too or someone's you know makes some sort of joke that maybe is a little off color and in their mind they're they're thinking maybe they can bond with us over something and maybe in our mind it's like ah it's a little bit offensive you know um and right i mean and when they probably were casting for that movie short circuit they probably did try to find Indian actors, right? They probably were like, we need to find an Indian actor, but like it was the eighties. So probably Indian actors probably weren't as prevalent as they are now. You don't have the Aziz Ansari's, the uh, Kumail Nan- Nanjiani's, you know what I mean? Like, right. So maybe that was part of it too. I don't know. And like, I don't think it was done maliciously. I think they were just saying, we need to find somebody that's best for this role. Same thing with Apu. I think they were like, we need, we have an Indian character on the show. We have this guy who can do all these voices and accents. Why not? And I, I think that's also what we talked about before, perspective. It's like, why did they choose these things? So it probably wasn't malicious. Right. But now we're in a time where we do have a little bit more diversity in Hollywood and we have a little bit more options to have the actors of the color play the the um the roles, you know. Right. And even just, you know, how those characters are portrayed in the show. So instead of, you know, Apu being the, you know, the owner of, uh, you know, convenience store, you know, maybe they they showed him with and I haven't watched it recently, but if they showed him with like his family and they're doing like sort of normal everyday things and like the audience can relate to them more and realize, hey, they're no different than than we are, you know. Um, And I think it's okay to acknowledge differences, but not in such a caricatured like way that's so different than us you know and that was the problem i think with dave Chappelle's show from what i heard that you know he was making fun of racism in a way that we could all bond together around be like oh isn't this so absurd that we could hate each other for the difference in our skin color but then you know some people just took it as like oh yeah that's the stereotype i'm familiar with ha 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 yeah that's right that's true instead of using it as a way to bond with people who are different than them you know so um it's it's hard when you're trying to use you know joke about racism and humor in a way that you know brings these issues to light, but really is perceived by your a potentially racist audience, um, just reinforcing the stereotypes that they already have in their head. So, you know, it could be different, difficult to write. I think comedy in that way. So, actually, Ruben, do you know any comedy that you feel like has been pretty good at um, effectively highlighting issues around racism, maybe joking about them, but also unifying people around differences, like Russell Peters or I don't know other comedians or shticks. Uh- I shouldn't say sticks. Maybe well, um, gets yeah. Russell Peters, uh, I, Russell Peters is kind of an Indian comic for Indians, right? Like he right. jokes about stuff that Indians would find funny. Uh, he talked. He, he used to joke about his dad, and he used to do like the Asian accent in his. You know, he 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 had all these like characters in his show. 
I think if I could, I think the one comedian I really like, I mean, Aziz is awesome. I think Aziz has done a great job of kind of bridging that gap, you know, saying like, he looks like, yeah, I'm an Indian guy, but like, I'm really just like a hipster dude. <laughs> um, right. Of course. Kumail Nanjiani, another great, I mean, he's Pakistani, but he had a movie come out a few years ago called The Big Sick, uh, which was a true, which was based on the true story about him and his wife, who um, his wife is white. And his, you know, it's a great movie. It's a great rom-com. If you guys haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Go watch it. But that's also a great movie because you kind of see some of the things that he had to deal with dealing with a white family, you know, that's seeing their daughter dating in, like a brown guy, like a Pakistani guy. So, right. Yeah, I think those two comic comics have done a great job of kind of really just breaking down some stereotypes of 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 you know Indian and Middle Eastern guys. Yeah, it's it's all about exposure. You know, the more exposure we all have to seeing the different groups of people intermingle, if that's in an advertisement or in a movie, and the, you know, um, I, I think it helps to uh, bridge those divides and create unity. So, yeah, I think that's a uh, that's a great place to uh, start the recap, man. Yeah, absolutely. Too bad I wasn't writing down the points to recap, but <laughs> racism is bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, guys, like, uh, if we're going to recap this episode, I think it's the point that we're trying to get across is, you know, yeah, racism is bad. <laughs> no, but I think, you know, I think, you know, anytime you're in a position of power, like, be sensitive to, you know, people who are in the minority um, and who don't hold the power. And that's speaking in this case predominantly to white people you know um and it, within a different context within india or other places where you know, have a caste system you know that that might look a little bit different um but ultimately that you know we're trying to increase the exposure that we all have to people who are different than us you know and um hopefully reduce the amount of hatred that's in the world thanks Absolutely, thank, you, thank you for just listening to me talk about that today adam i know this was kind of a heavy episode for me so that's great. That, it was a, a really good time to talk about this stuff. And thanks for being vulnerable and sharing your stories, man. So, and we're excited to introduce and lead into next week's podcast where we have interviewed Professor Philip Gable, who was referenced in the uh, Delaware Online article about our podcast. And he was interviewed for that to talk about men's emotions and why they don't feel comfortable crying and all that. And we uh, actually will have the, inter the opportunity to interview him this week. So I spoke to him on the phone last week and he was really nice to talk to great guy. And just, we were super humbled that he was willing to talk with us. So um, look forward to that podcast. That will be the following Wednesday, I guess. And um, we're just really excited to have him on. Yeah, guys. And once again, check out our Instagram. Uh, we recently posted a skit that we were, that was pretty funny. I thought, uh, and it is guys who cry official on Instagram. Once again, that's guys who cry official. Follow us to stay up to date on all episode drops, all our skits that we do, all our comedy stuff that we try to do for you guys and make you guys laugh. If you guys want to listen to our podcast, if you guys go to the link in the bio in our Instagram page, it will take you to the Spotify link, but we are on all platforms at this point. We are on Apple Music. We are on all these other ones that you probably have or have done. Uh, Adam, do you want to kind of lead us out, bro? Yeah, appreciate it, Ruben. Thanks so much, everyone. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. We'll tune in for next time. 
and all this jazz. <laughs> Everyone have a great week and be entertained. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, dude. I don't know what the, what I'm saying. It's too late. Let's get out of here. <laughs>